Hey, this is an exciting day for me personally um, to be here this morning uh, with you. It is Confirmation Sunday, which um, probably doesn't mean as much to the 8.30, the 9.30, and the 11 o'clock traditional services because unfortunately none of the students were able to get into those worship services to be confirmed. So they're all with us. Uh, So that's exciting. Uh, We had 30 students who went through the confirmation process this year, and um, several of them uh, participated in baptism um, back in the fall. Uh, Everyone had an opportunity to share their uh, statements of faith that way they write through the confirmation process. I'm actually going to share a little bit from that um, here towards the end of my message today. Um, So that'll be exciting for you guys. You'll get to hear quotes from our students, which is cool. But it's an exciting Sunday. It's especially exciting for me because my own daughter, my oldest Annabelle, is one of the students being confirmed, so that makes it extra special for me. But, but glad to be here on this Sunday, uh, week two of our series entitled Exponential. Uh, last week, if you were here, you were able to hear uh, Pastor Mark, either Pastor Mark R or Pastor Mark P, either one, uh, share sort of our, their state of the, of the church, their annual address, just kind of talking about where we've been in 2018 and, and where we're um, pushing towards in 2019, uh, kind of the goals around the church and things like that, things that maybe we as staff live in day in and day out, but you as the um, average congregant wouldn't necessarily know. And so uh, hopefully you were here for that and got to hear some of the exciting things we have in store. Uh, You got to hear a little bit more of that this morning through the uh, video announcing kind of Ben Williams coming, but just us being an evangelistic church and really making a push in that is one of those goals that we have for 2019 for sure. So lots of exciting stuff happening. Um, just want to say welcome to you this morning. If you're a guest and I've never met you, would love to have the opportunity to do that at the end of the service today. I also want to say hello to those who may be watching online uh, in light of the weather. We may have a few more online watchers today, so uh, welcome to you as well. But today, um, we're going to talk a little bit about what God does uh, when, when he takes kind of what we have, which, let's be honest, isn't, isn't much, but then just kind of blows the doors wide open. Um, because that's kind of how God works, right? Like, we think in terms of addition. What can I add to the situation? God, when he thinks, he thinks exponentially. He thinks multiplication. Okay, and so we, our goal here, I think, over these next few weeks is to get us as a congregation thinking in the same terms that God thinks, thinking in the same way that God thinks, so that we're not thinking about addition so much as we are thinking about multiplication. Like, what can God do? What is God, the God of the universe, able to do? I probably don't have to tell you this, but God has a different economy than we do. God's ways are higher than ours. And when we're generous... Uh, with our time, our talents, and our resources, God is able to use those things to affect way more people than we could have ever imagined. When I decide I'm going to open my mouth at work and I'm going to share just a little snippet of truth, I'm just going to share a little bit about my faith in Christ. Like God's able to just blow the door on that. And before you know it, I mean, one of our students shared this morning, they're like, since, since coming into a relationship with Christ, it's been interesting because all of a sudden I've started talking more about my faith at school around friends that probably I never would have braved to do that before. And it's interesting because now I have other friends who are coming to me seeking out some of the things that I have to share. And that's the way it works. You know, God's able to take those things and just blow the doors on them. God thinks exponentially. So do you agree or disagree with the following statement? Life doesn't always turn out as we thought it would. How many of you agree with that? Okay. So you, you're evidence of that, correct? I mean, you've, you've lived your life in, in such a way that you kind of, 
How many of you, when you were a child, you kind of had like this dream for how your life was going to go? Okay, nobody had a dream. Uh, So (laughs) I'll have a dream, but none of you do. Uh, So yeah, I had this dream that I would be a basketball player for the University of Kentucky. (laughs) Why are you laughing? I mean, when I was a kid, I grew up in Kentucky, rural community, life centered around high school basketball. That was the thing. And when I was a child, um, I was fairly tall for my age. I mean, I think when I was in like kindergarten, you know, I don't know how tall I was when I was in kindergarten, but I was one of the taller boys. But then by the time I got to like late elementary, I was already up in the 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", you know, size. And then in middle school, I had surpassed six foot. But, you know, kind of unfortunately, I stopped growing, right? So when I was a freshman in high school playing basketball, I realized that I was pretty much done growing at six foot two, and I had a two-inch vertical. So UK, that dream, gone, right? I mean, it was just gone. Now, Matt, you, are, you might be a water boy, but that's probably about as good as it's going to get. But, you know, you had these dreams as a child, and then something happened along the way. Maybe you stopped growing. Maybe something happened that all of a sudden your dream just kind of, you backed off right? You kind of backed away. You, you, to use a football term, you punted. Because, you know, you kind of were setting the course for one thing, and then it didn't pan out that way, and so you just kind of backed off, and you said, maybe I should bring that back a little bit. And, and it, it happens in every area of life. It happens in our relationships. It happens in our marriages. It happens in our families. It happens in business. It happens in education. It happens in all these things where we kind of have this idea of how things are going to turn out. And then when things don't go as expected, we sort of pull back, don't we? Like, well, maybe I should downsize my dream a little bit. Maybe I should just settle for less. You know what? Things didn't turn out that way, but that's okay. Like, it's, you know, it's a, and the years just roll on, and things don't seem to get any better, and so our expectations just kind of drop off. And that's, it's kind of sad, really, when you think about it, because the problem is we often do this in our expectations with God as well. It's not limited to just our earthly relationships. It's not limited to just our childhood dreams. We do the same thing with God. We start out hot. Like for those who kind of, you know, they're they're making professions of faith today. Some have made professions of faith earlier in life, but they're doing it together collectively through confirmation today. But, you know, for those of you sitting out in, in the chairs, I mean, there was a point in your life where you were really excited about your relationship with God. Like things were just kind of starting out and taking off, and, and you were like, man, I could take on hell with a water pistol, right? Like you were just fired up. You were telling random people about your faith in Jesus Christ. You'd talk to anybody who'd listen. But then, you know, you were praying and you're reading in God's word. And the next thing you know, you're praying about something. And, and maybe, maybe it doesn't pan out the way that you had expected. Or maybe God doesn't, quote unquote, come through for you like you kind of thought God would. Or, or maybe you, you were bold enough to stand and to share Christ with some people, but they kind of put a door in your face. They, they didn't really listen. They didn't respond the way that you had hoped they would respond. And the next thing you know, you start doing the same thing we do in all these other areas of life. And you just kind of start pulling back the reins a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe I should kind of downsize my expectation. I mean, how many of you today, if you had to define your relationship with God, you would say, I'm kind of stuck in a rut. I'm just kind of of spinning my wheels. I kind of feel like I'm in a muddy pit and I'm spinning my wheels and I still believe and I still have faith that God can do the impossible, but I just don't really feel like I'm connecting right now. 
I just don't really feel like I see evidence of that in my life. My relationship with God would kind of be described by maybe the status quo. Things are just kind of what they are. Well, this morning, I want to be the first to remind you that we serve a big God who can do big things. He can. He's perfectly capable of doing the impossible. And to do this, I want to look at a familiar story. It's a story from Scripture that you've probably heard numerous times. It's from the very first book of the Bible, Genesis. And it's a story about a family, a man and his wife, whom God was getting ready to absolutely blow the door off of status quo. He was getting ready to do something that only he could do. The man's name was Abraham. And we first kind of encounter this promise that God makes to Abraham in chapter 12 of Genesis. It's there that God kind of takes Abraham out of the tent and says, Abraham, look up to the sky. Do you see all those stars? Count those stars for me, Abraham. And Abraham's like, well, you know, 1, 2, 84, 86, 95, 110. I, you know, I don't know. I give up, Right? I mean, they're too numerous to count. And God says to Abraham, Abraham, believe this. I am going to make your descendants like those stars. I'm going to make you the father of nations. But you know what? It's interesting. God makes this promise to Abraham, and Abraham's like all in. He's like, that sounds great. Let's do it. Right? And he's ready. Like many of us, coming to faith in Christ, God gives us a message. God gives us a word. God says, this is what I'm going to do with your life from here on. And we get really excited, and we're pumped, and we're in it, and we're like, God, let's do it. And then it doesn't happen right away. You know, like, things kind of slow down. And before you know it, days go by, and weeks go by, and months go by, and years go by, and, and we're not seeing the fruit of God's promise. We're not seeing what God is acting up to. And that's not saying that God is not still up to something. Most of the time, God is not working up front, God's working in the back. But we don't see it. And so because we don't see it, we begin to kind of downsize that dream a little bit. And so even Abraham, he's given this promise like God says, I'm going to bless this world through you, through your seed. But what does Abraham do? He's, as he starts getting older, and as his wife Sarah starts getting older, he starts getting nervous. Like, oh, this isn't going to happen. Or maybe it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen in the way that I originally thought that it was going to happen. And so what does he do? Abraham takes one of his servants, and he has a child with her, Ishmael, right? And he thinks that that's the way now, that God's going to do something. And God's just in heaven going, Abraham, mm, no, no. So you took what I gave you, and you twisted it, and you made it something else. But that's not my plan. My plan is still, but here's the problem. Abraham was 99 years old when God said to him, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son through Sarah. Sarah was 90, so at least she was younger, right? <laughs> I mean, we think about that like 90, I don't plan to live to be 99. Now, if I get there, hallelujah, right? Um, hopefully it's good. That's, that's pretty old, right? I mean, I guess the one advantage is you could eat off the cheap menu at IHOP together, right? You could eat off the senior menu and they eat off the kids menu, but I don't know. I mean, 99 years old. Now, in the con put it in context, Abraham lived to be 175. Okay, so in that time, 90, so think about it like Abraham was in his 50s. Okay, now many of you are still in a panic, right? If you found out today, you know, that you're in your 50s and you're going to have a child, that might, that might send a little bit of, hmm, okay, I know God can do this. I'll be faithful. I'll trust, right? Some of you, maybe that's your testimony. 
but it would be a little, it would be a little scary. You, you probably, it said Abraham just laughed, right? At 99, he just fell to his face and laughed. Like, this is really going to happen? Do you realize how old I am? Do you realize how old my wife is? I mean, Sarah didn't believe either at first. But then they got on board. They got on board and they trusted. The Bible says in Genesis 15, 4 through 5, it says, The word of the Lord came to Abraham and said, A son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And again, he takes him outside and he says, Look up at the sky, count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And then at 99 in chapter 17, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make a covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. And then later, he tells him just a few verses later, this is how it's going to happen. You're going to have a son and it's going to be through Sarah. It's going to happen this way. And Abraham, he starts out believing this seemingly impossible but dream, but again, over time, he, he loses sight of it. And he takes things into his own hands. But God kept his promise, and he blessed Abraham, and he gave him a son. And the issue is that we tend to think in addition. We tend to only think in terms of the here and now. We hope to add something further to the kingdom. We hope that God will bless us just a little. But God doesn't think like we do. God thinks multiplication. God thinks on an eternal scale. See, that's the problem. Sometimes we get caught living in the temporal, living in the here and now. Like, what is God doing today? And if God doesn't do something today, then we think that God's not going to do something. But if you think of today in the context of eternity, well, today doesn't mean anything. I mean, if you think of your entire lifespan in the context of eternity, right? So if God's going to do something, I mean, he's going to do it. God keeps his promise. He blesses him. God thinks on an eternal scale. God is able to take a small seed, plant it in faith, and multiply it exponentially. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is telling a story, as he often did, a parable, right? And it's a story about a farmer who's planting some seeds. He says, a farmer went out to sow a seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but because the sh uh, soil was shallow, when the sun came up, the plants scorched and they withered away because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. And then so, so Jesus, his disciples, they come to him and they're like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Why, why are you talking in stories? Why don't you just tell us what's up? So he says, all right, here's what this means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that was sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. How often is God sowing seed in us that is getting choked out by the world? How often is God sowing seed in us, but we're not allowing it to really take root? 
We're not nourishing it, and so it dies. But we have this multiplying God who wants to sow seed in our lives that then will reap a harvest 30, 60, 100 times what was originally sown. You see, we really have no idea what God can and will do when we just allow ourselves to be faithful and to trust in him and to believe that he can take our, our small offering and do something exponential. Maybe we pray, but nothing happens right away. Well, guess what? That doesn't mean, again, that God's not working behind the scenes, that God's not doing something. In Luke 18, verse 27, I love this. Jesus looks at the Pharisees and he says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. That'd be a good thing for us to remember. It'd be a good thing to just put on your mirror. Just hang on there. So that every morning when you get up, you are reminded that, hey, this might be impossible with man. This might be impossible with me. But it's not impossible for God. God can do the impossible. Whatever you're up against in this new year of 2019, God can do the impossible. God is working. God is for you, not against you. God is powerful. God is the God of miracles. God is exponential. So the question is, what seed is God wanting to plant in you that in time will reap a great harvest? What seed is God planting in your mind? What seed is God planting in your heart, in your life, in this new year of 2019 that God wants to take and do something exponential with? Do you trust him? Do you believe him? God is planting seeds in the lives of young people. Today, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we confirm 29 of our 30 students. One was unable to make it this morning. A seed of faith has been planted in each and every one of these students who sit in these first three rows here. Each of these students has a unique faith story that I mentioned earlier they shared at a dinner that we had back in December. For some of them, their faith story, their seed, was planted at a very early age. Uh, one student said, I've been a believer for as long as I can remember. I don't remember a time when I didn't know Christ. And I'm so thankful that my family has helped me from the very beginning to grow and have a stronger faith. You see, you, too, can be seed planters in the lives of your children. You can plant a seed that might someday reap a great harvest. For others... Faith in Christ came a little bit later in life, but for all of them, it has been a process. Just like for all of us, it has been and remains a process. One student said, when I was younger, I never really took time to get to know Christ. I would go to church, but I wouldn't really listen to what was being taught. That all changed when I became a teenager. And uh, you know what I don't mention here is that this particular teenager uh, went to a camp that we go to every summer, and it was very impactful in their lives. It says, now I believe that God is guiding me to help others in his name. I believe that God is creating new challenges for me to overcome, and I accept him and his word with all my heart as I continue to worship him and help and serve others. Another student said, before I had a relationship with Christ, I was unsatisfied, unhappy with so many things in my life. But since coming to know Christ, I have been excited about the idea of reading my Bible, about talking to him through prayer. I felt his presence in my life, and every day I think about him and what it is that he wants for my life. 
This church, its people, its ministries have played a significant role in the faith development of these students as well. We too are planting seeds. It's why we do what we do over in Kids Rock and Cafe and Treehouse Lane. It's why we do what we do over in the Anderson Hill Student Ministry, over in the Annex Building. Because we too are playing a role in planting seeds in the lives of these students. One student said, I came to Anderson Hills and it was like seeing the world in a completely different way. I'm so thankful for this church because I know I would still be lost without it. It's a powerful testimony, right? This church has changed the course of my life. It's changed the direction, the path that I was on. I'm so proud of each of these young people, and I know that God has great things in store for each of them, so I'm just going to kind of interrupt my message here right now to have you all stand, and we're going to go ahead and confirm you now in front of the church. So through confirmation and through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us, and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. So on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness? Reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sin. If so, say, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, say, I do. According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? If so, say, I will. As members of Christ's universal church, will you be loyal to Christ through the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? If so, say, I will. As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness? If so, say, I will. And now you, congregation, do you, as Christ's body, the church, affirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? If so, say, we do. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include these persons now before you into your care? The words are on the screen. With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their trust of God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. And so now I'm going to invite our students to make their way over to the ramp and join with their parents and families and make their way up here to be confirmed. All right, first guy up, this is Tyler. Come on. Put your hands on his shoulders. All right. Tyler, the Holy Spirit work within you that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Sammy, the Holy Spirit work within you that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There you go. Sammy. This is Lily. Lily, the Holy Spirit work within you that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. 
This is Marlo. Marlo, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water in the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is Marlo's sister, Mia. Mia, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water in the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Sarah. Sarah, the Holy Spirit work within you that having been born through water in the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Emily first. Emily, the Holy Spirit work within you that having been born through water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Sister Katie. Here, Emily. Katie, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Here, Katie. <laughs> Miss Ashley. Ashley, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. My man, Michael. Michael, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Here, Michael. Ryan. Ryan, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke. Luke, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Miss Annabelle. Got a good-looking family. Good-looking mom, especially. <laughs> The Holy Spirit work within you that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Johnson Trio. You guys should be a singing group or something. It'd be awesome. Rhett, the Holy Spirit work within you that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Rowan. Rowan, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And Miss Ryan. Ryan, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Andrew. Andrew, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Casey. Casey, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
Logan. Logan, the Holy Spirit, work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Miss Alex. Alex, the Holy Spirit, work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Devin, who probably dreams of playing at Duke someday. I probably killed your dream this morning, didn't I? <laughs> Devin, the Holy Spirit, work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Nick. Nick, the Holy Spirit, work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Aiden. Aiden, the Holy Spirit, work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Josh. Josh, the Holy Spirit, work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Matthew. Matthew, the Holy Spirit, work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Nathan, Nathan, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Goodbye. Adam. Adam, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Ryan. Ryan, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And last but certainly not least. I bet with a W as a last name, you get to go last on a lot of things, don't you? This is Ben. Ben, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may be found a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Members of the household of God, I commend these persons to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Let's give these guys a round of applause. So in Genesis chapter 22, verse 17, 
God says, I will surely bless you, Abraham, and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. God takes Abraham out and he shows him what is possible. Not just a son, but a nation. How did Abraham respond? How would you respond? If God were to take you out today and say, let me just show you what is possible with me, how would you respond? In silence, in worship, stunned beyond belief, unsure of what to do next? The Bible says that Abraham responded simply in faith. Abraham learned that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or even imagine. God exceeds our expectations. Our expectations are usually based on what we can accomplish. They are based on the natural, on science, on reason. But what would it look like if we had God-sized expectations? I think every parent of one of these confirmands who's here this morning would say that I have God-sized expectations and dreams for my child. And you all are much the same. We have these wonderful ideas of what we would hope things to someday look like. What if our expectations were based on the supernatural? What if our expectations were based on faith and based on trust in Christ, on a God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or even imagine? The Apostle Paul writes these letters in Galatians, and I want to close with this. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, he says, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, he says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. God is up to something. God is up to something this morning. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. We've already seen this. As we enter this new year, if we will invest our time, invest our talents, and invest our resources in kingdom living, then we will sit back and watch what only God is able to do. Let us pray. God, we thank you that you are a God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could even ask or even imagine. God, that you were able to take what little we have to offer, and that you are able to multiply it. God, may we stop getting stuck in the rut and in the mud and in the muck and in the mire of thinking on terms of, of addition and what we can do and, and the here and now and our finite ability, God. And may we start thinking on an eternal scale. May we start thinking about the one who is able to do immeasurably more. God, help us to have God-sized dreams for this church, for our families, for our marriages. God, for some of us in 2019, you need to resurrect something. You need to bring something that was previously dead back to life. God, you can do it. You can do it. I believe you can. I believe your word says you can. I've seen evidence of you doing this in my life and in the lives of people whom I love. God, I believe you can do it. So may we place the fullness of our faith and our trust in you. Plant a seed, water it, and may we sit back and watch it grow. It's in the blessed name of Jesus I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen.